Welcome to Coinoneer on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Pastor Dominic Romaldi filling in for Tom Brown, and today we're talking about understanding homosexuality. And we have a special honored guest, Alan Schliemann from Stand to Reason. Alan, I want to repeat that question because I want you to finish the break. I had to over-talk. I uh, apologize about that. You know, we were dealing with a break, and and I do want to ask you again, what is the difference in, between someone who has a same-sex attraction or one acting out homosexual behavior? Just the, to sum that up, uh, if, if you may. Yeah, as I said, uh, many people have same-sex attraction, but some people have unwanted same-sex attraction. In other words, some people want to live consistently with those attractions, and they might identify themselves as gay or uh, participate in homosexual sex or pursue such kinds of activities. But there's many people with unwanted same-sex attraction, meaning they don't believe that those attractions either define them, nor do they want to act out on them. Now, some of these people are, in fact, many of these people are people that I know personally. Um, not all of them are religious or are avoiding same-sex attraction, or I should say avoiding same-sex behavior uh, just because of religion, although many of them are. But there are people who identify themselves as Christians and who say, look, I struggle with same-sex attraction. However, I don't engage in homosexual sex, nor do I want to think lustfully about other men. These are, these are men, by the way. So um, I would claim that these are people who are living consistently as Christians, just like you or me, meaning they are trying to live obediently to the commands of Christ, uh, but they have a proclivity towards a certain type of sin, and yet they are resisting that temptation to engage right. in it. So this is no different than any other believer, you know, because every believer um, has a proclivity towards some kind of sin, whether it might be alcoholism, maybe it's, maybe it's towards lying, maybe it's towards greed, maybe it's right, towards right. homosexual sex, whatever. So these people, men and women, might have same-sex attraction but not engage in it and want to instead live faithfully to the, to the commands of Christ. Yeah, thank you, Alan. That's, again, well said. And, and be, uh, we do have Reginald from Phoenix on, and he has a question for Alan, and um, we'll we'll get to him, and then we'll get to uh, another topic as soon as we hear Reginald. Reginald, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hi, uh, thank you for calling. This is Pastor Dominic Romaldi. I got Alan Schleeman on from Stand to Reason. Um, uh, you have a question? Yes, th- thanks for uh, taking the question. Um, interesting conversation. I greatly appreciate it. Alan, what you just said kind of speaks to my question, but I'll still go ahead and segue and let you um, share more thoughts on it. When you speak about the person with the same-sex attraction or that proclivity, um, my question was going to be, what's your thought about that being a result of sin in the fall? Not sin in a person's life, but like any um, malformity or, or deformity, um, because they're saying, I don't want it, but I have it. And I don't want to deny that I have it. Um, if that were the case, I don't. <laughs> Somebody recognizes my voice. But I, I have a different or a higher level of compassion for people as a result of that developing um, view in my mind, which I didn't have long ago. Yeah, well, this is a great question. So if I, hopefully I'm understanding your question here, but you're right. I think that we we do need to acknowledge that all sinful behaviors and temptations are ultimately a result of the fact that we live in a sinful world, in a fallen world. And as a result, you know, I mean, we aren't really account- we aren't really responsible for having a sin nature, right? This is something that we've inherited. Yes. And so you're right, it's not something that necessarily we would say, well, this is something that we chose. You know, like, for example, I can choose to uh, go and steal or lie. Uh, I think a lot of people would say that they're 
their same-sex attractions are not something that they chose, that they never asked for it, nor did they want it. And so, yes, absolutely, this should cause us to have a tremendous amount of compassion for these people. In fact, my primary uh, talk or presentation on this subject is actually called Homosexuality, Know the Truth, and Speak it with Compassion. Because you're absolutely right. We need to have compassion for, for these men and women who might, I, who might say, well, look, I have same-sex attraction, but I did not choose it. I, this is something that ever since I can remember, I felt like I always had. Now, whether they're born that way or not is another question, and maybe Dominic will want to talk about that. Yeah, but well, that that's I our next topic. <laughs> they don't experience this as a part of something that they chose, and so absolutely this should drive us to have compassion for them. And that's why my primary goal for these people is not necessarily to say, hey, look, you know, I want you to be a heterosexual. It's no, I want you to achieve holiness with God. Yeah, so my yeah. main, main thing that I want to tell them is how they can be reconciled with God and, and, and present uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I appreciate that. I'll say this last thing and, and cut loose. You were saying, interesting, whether they were born that way. It's funny, right? But like, so if we're all born into sin, for me, some people could actually be born that way, but that, as you said, is ultimately not the point. It's how you live, not how you're born. But thank you very much. That's exactly right, Reginald. I totally agree with what you're saying. Thank you. Great Thanks, insight. Reginald. Thank you for calling. Okay, um, let me see. His, so his, his, he kind of gave us the segue into the next topic, Alan. Um, so my question, uh, my question is, is homosexuality immutable? In other words, is someone genetically born homosexual? Uh, homosexual? In other words, is there a gay gene? Now, I, I want to, before you answer that, I just want to quote from your book. In your book, you make a statement that homosexuality is either genetic nor a choice, though everyone is born biologically a male or a female. Psychologically, their gender identity will develop over time. I think this is, when I read this, and I want to say this, I was, it was one of the most profound things I've ever read on this topic. And I, it was when I read this that I, I, I coveted, if I can use that word, to get you on the air because... <laughs> Uh, no, I, and I, I mean that. I, I mean, when I read this, it was, it was for me, um, life-changing and trying to pinpoint that. So I want, I, I, take as much time as you need if we're going to go after the break, but I, I do want you to expound on that, uh, if, mm-hmm. if you may. Sure. Well, just to clarify, I don't know if you, I don't know if my book is mis- had a misprint, but it's, I said that homosexuality is neither genetic Right. Nor a choice. Right. I don't know that, if you said either it, a genetic or a choice. No, that, yeah, that's, yes, exactly. It's neither a choice or genetic, right. Right, right. Now, what's interesting about this question is that most people in our culture, indeed many Christians even, believe that there is some sort of a genetic component or people are genetically born homosexual. What's odd about that is that if you look at all the top researchers that are doing work and scientific study in this question, even those who are attitudinally pro-gay, or many of them who are gay identified themselves, will tell you, no, you are not born gay. This is, this is a mistake and does not reflect what the scientific literature is at currently today. So, for example, um, uh, Dean Hamer, who uh, is a well-known sort of uh, pioneer in this, in this field of study. He's a Harvard, uh, Harvard-trained geneticist. He has been looking into the causes of same-sex attraction for many years. Um, he himself is gay. Um, and uh, years ago, when he had initially published some research suggesting that there was a gay gene, a lot of other researchers came after him and tried to replicate his studies and found that actually there was no evidence 
that there is a genetic cause for being gay. And when, so when he was finally asked, well, well, what do you think of all this research that's con- contradicting what your, your initial findings said, he said, you know what? He goes, actually, you're right. From twin studies, he said, we know that half or more of the variability in sexual orientation is not inherited. In other words, it's not genetic. In fact, he goes on to suggest that actually there's a lot more evidence to suggest that environment plays a, a big role in uh, sexual orientation development today. Now, the reason why he and many other researchers are now saying it's not genetic is because of what I said there, which was twin studies. You see, identical twins share identical genes. And so this population of people produces for us a very handy opportunity to test whether a characteristic or a trait is genetic. Because if something is genetic and one twin brother, for example, has a trait, then you would expect the other twin brother to also have the same trait about 100% of the time. And so they started to investigate these large um, twin registries that had, you know, thousands and thousands and sets of twins that were uh, willing to participate in this research. And so they looked and said, well, wait a minute, let's see. Let's look at twin brothers and see, are both twin brothers homosexual? Or to what percentage are they both homosexual? Because if one's homosexual, you'd expect the other one to be also homosexual about 100% of the time. Mm. And what they, there's a number of studies that have done this. And, and I would say about average, it worked out to be only 18% of the time did you have both twin brothers being a homosexual. Now, this was a massive contradiction to the born-that-way sort of narrative. Because 18% of the time did you have one twin brother being gay, the other twin brother also being gay. And what you were expecting is it to be about 100%. So this is one of the reasons why a lot of researchers who are, who are actively gay men or women themselves or who are attitudinally pro-gay are saying, no, 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 you're not born that way. In fact, actually, I don't know if you remember, but a, a year or two ago, Jason Collins became the first NBA professional basketball player to come out and say he was gay while still playing in the NBA. Yes. Well, what's interesting about Jason Collins' story is that he has an identical twin brother named Jaron Collins, who is not gay. Mm. <laughs> in fact, he went on the Jimmy Kimmel television show, the nighttime you know, TV show, yes. and Jimmy Kimmel had to give him a T-shirt that said, I'm the straight one. So he walks around <laughs> so that people know he's not his twin brother who's, who's gay. And so it's like, wait a minute, how could you have twin brothers, one gay, one not, if homosexuality was really genetic? And so this is just one line of thinking that has led many researchers, again, who, are, who identify as gay themselves, to say, no, you're not born that way. Uh, there's actually uh, Camille Paglia, who's a lesbian herself. She's a yes. feminist researcher who's been researching this work. She even said, our sexual bodies were designed for reproduction. No one is born gay. She said the idea is ridiculous. Homosexuality, she says, is an adaptation, not an inborn trait. And I could, Dominic, quote, you know, gay researcher after gay researcher who all says the same thing. And what blows my mind is you have the vast majority of our secular culture, and indeed many Christians, going around thinking, well, yeah, you're you're probably born that way. I'm, I'm sure it's genetic. I'm sure people are just born this way. And And part of the reason is, when you talk to gay men and women, they'll often say things like, well, ever since I can remember, since I was a little kid, I always felt a little bit different, you know? I always felt different than the other boys or the other girls, you know? And so they conclude from that that probably there's something that caused them to be this way uh, from birth or some other time, uh, maybe prenatally, for example. 
So it, that, that's kind of the state currently we're at right now, where you have gay researchers or people who are attitudinally pro-gay saying, no, you're not born that way, when all of culture is saying the opposite, which is really funny. Understanding homosexuality, Alan Schliemann, an ambassador's guide to that. We got another tough question for Alan on the other side. Uh, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm filling in for Tom Brown, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. <laughs> 